Welcome to MuggleCast, your weekly ride into the Wizarding World fandom, and this is episode 500! <laughs> Love the sound effects, guys. <laughs> yes, this is a milestone episode of MuggleCast, and we're going to celebrate today by reviewing the show by the numbers, and then we're going to get you ready for Valentine's Day. We're going to share our favorite Harry Potter-themed pickup lines. And we're also going to play a couple games as well. So today's I love the way theme... you said that. You kind of slowed down the way you were talking there. And you're like, yeah, pick up love. Well, I ho- that's my hint to y'all. Everybody should present these, deliver these in a sexy way oh. for Valentine's Day. No problem, Andrew. <laughs> Micah has the <laughs> sexiest voice in podcasting. We've established <laughs> this over the years for sure. So yeah, let's look at MuggleCast by the numbers. We have the number 118. That's the number of times Umbridge sucked during our show's history. <laughs> Not enough. What a way to start the list. <laughs> <laughs> 2,356. That's the number of people who have pledged to our Patreon over its lifetime. Thank wow. you, listeners, for doing that. That's amazing. It's a pretty incredible number. You guys yeah. rock. This is the fifth year of our Patreon, you guys. We started it five years ago and like a week. And like I said, during 499, it's only because of our Patreon that we are at episode 500 today. That's right. 43,722. Now, we've already posted this one on social media, and some people were guessing this is the, this is the number of minutes of MuggleCast. Wow. But that's not true. This is the number of emails we've received from listeners since November 2006. So a lot of feedback. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I've responded to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, should we each take like 8,000 and start replying to people? <laughs> is this, this is unread? This is read? What is this? Yeah. I No, this it's... is all. This is everything. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, we've had mugglecast at gmail.com since November 2006. And we've never deleted a single email, so they're all in there. <laughs> we should, for fun someday, just go back into the inbox and go to, like, June 2007 and see what people were emailing us about and then read those emails on air and finally answer them. That's a great idea. I, I think in our next mailbag episode, we should pull one from way back and we yeah. should answer it legit. Yeah, let's do that every month, every time we do a Muggle Mail episode. And now an email we never got to 13 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Okay, next number. Tens of millions. Wow, that's a strict uh, number there. Very specific. This is the number of downloads MuggleCast has received over the years. We don't have an exact number because MuggleCast has been hosted on numerous platforms over the years, and we don't have access to all those platforms anymore. But it's safe to say, I know just on our current platform, we've had well over 10 million downloads and uh, during MuggleCast's most popular years, we've probably reached over 100 million downloads at this point, I would wow. think. Yeah. I'm just thinking back to episode 100 that you all did in London. And I do remember whether it was that episode or 101, which was the analysis of Deathly Hallows episode. This was back when it was first released. It had over 100,000 downloads. Yeah. Yeah. And I can only imagine what they have now. Well, because think about that period of time. It was really before social media blew up. So you could discuss the book on MuggleNet. But where were you getting like really fun reactions to 
the book. MuggleCast and other Harry Potter podcasts were a great resource at that time. You're right. There wasn't that. I mean, I, I don't think there were like YouTube channels the way there are YouTube channels today. Right. Yeah. Uh, certainly not by like any of the major like, you know, like BuzzFeed or even Nerdist, you know, it was like, yeah, I, I think that we really covered a lot of that ground for people. Yeah. 773. <laughs> What number is this, Eric? It's an area code in Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> 773 is the number of times that we said the word pickle on MuggleCast <laughs> in the episodes that we have transcripts for. Of course, this this count is always going up. Right. I would actually guess, I mean, I think, Andrew, you're right. Like, it probably diminished after Pickle Pack was a thing. Um, we probably stopped saying it so many times after that. Right. But, I, you know. We keep saying it. Eventually, we'll get to the we'll get pickled to the same tens of millions uh, oh number. You're at least at seven seven six right now, Eric. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Pickle, I, pickle, 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 pickle. This pickle, is just pickle. funny that we chose the word pickle versus Harry or Hogwarts or magic. Right. But pickle was a running joke on the show. That's why I, I thought it was a good one. Yeah, I do <laughs> yeah. wonder of this seven seventy three. How many of these are instances of Andrew saying hello, Potter pickles? <laughs> Maybe well, once, uh, maybe twice. Well, the very first one. So if anyone wants to listen to episode 54 of MuggleCast, that was the one where Andrew stunned the world by <laughs> calling us all pickles. And it's right at the beginning of the show. So that's how you can uh, figure it out. And yeah. I don't know if people know this, but since we're talking about Pickle Pack, Andrew really created the precursor to Patreon way before oh, its yeah. time. Thanks for giving me credit again. I don't know if I was really the one who came up with the idea for Pickle Pack, but I'll take the credit. Sure. Just run with it. (laughs) How much was it? Was it was it was it twenty five dollars for one year? Thirty. Thirty. It was thirty. Okay, it was thirty dollars a year. We had over like a hundred and forty people do that, right? Probably even more. No? Probably more. I don't know. But yeah, that was our membership to MuggleCast. And we did video blogs there. We sent everybody a t-shirt, a letter. I'm sure we posted other things. We had a special site, picklepack.com, and you logged into it. It was really, we, we did a great job on that. Yeah. And yeah I it wish was we had a password time. protected it because I can't get into it on the Wayback Machine. I really want to see oh. it. I'm, <laughs> I hope that my blogs are like banished into the abyss because I just feel like it would be so cringy to look back on that. Your blickles. My blickles. Blickles. Excuse me, my blickles. I have I have old hard drives with some of the blickles. Ugh. No, <laughs> burn I, them. I know I'm I be, I've debated putting them up on Patreon for the last five years. I still haven't done it because it's like they are cringe. You should post one. I think people would be interested. Yeah, I'll, I'll find I'll find one of the better ones. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next number. One thousand. No, one hundred and fifty one. 151,384. I don't know how to say big numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Uh, God help us once we hit episode 100,000. 100, uh, the number of followers across social media. Did you remember to include our LinkedIn? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> One, so the numbers 151,385. Yeah. <laughs> Micah, thank you for connecting with us on LinkedIn. We have 191 followers there. So hold on. 151384 plus 191. Okay. Updated no, number. Right. No. 151,575. That's the number of followers on social media. <laughs> okay. Did you include YouTube? Oh, no. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you include Parlor? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I can't access that number because it is <laughs> shut down. Uh, okay. Plus 786 on YouTube. So that's 152,361. Any By others? Way, this, is a, yeah, well, no, um, this is just a rundown. Like, this is a My good space. rundown for the listeners of all the places that we are on social media. Like, the MuggleCast YouTube, for instance, has things you've never seen before. Um, actually, MySpace is a good one, Micah. I don't know if you can access that anymore, but I bet you we know, had a lot of followers on MySpace back in the yeah, day. Yeah, because that was really what was around at the time, right? I mean, Facebook yeah. was, but Twitter was just coming online, and then obviously Instagram much later, but... I do kind of wonder what our following would have been like if these platforms had existed in full back when we were you know, in our heyday. Yeah, probably much, much Millions. larger. Yeah. I know we had w- at least one friend on MySpace. That was MySpace Tom. Right. Missed that guy. <laughs> so He's on Twitter now. Is he? <laughs> yeah. That? Okay. So I'm just going to add one to our number of followers in tribute to Tom. So that's oh. the grand total is 152,362. All right. Zero. That's the number of times the author of Harry Potter has been on the show. Sad, but also not crazy sad. Anymore. Yeah, it's, it's fine. We have had authors on the show, in fairness, just not that author. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. So this next one, I want y'all to guess. The number of minutes of MuggleCast. Okay, I have a question. Uh, is this all MuggleCast ever, or is it only core episodes? I'm focused on core episodes only. I deleted the minis and the leaky mugs from my playlist to calculate okay. this total. Okay. okay. I'm going to say 50,000. I did. I just did a little bit of math, 500 episodes, and I guess the average is about 78 minutes or an hour 18. So I'm saying 39,000. I'm going to go in the 40s. I'll go 45,000. All right. Well, if we're playing Price is Right rules, you all lose because you all went over. (laughs) The tally I have, but Eric was very close. 38,079 minutes. That's over 26 Mm. days if you played them start to finish. Well, speaking of big projects, uh, we actually solicited, so not for the first, but the second time, we asked uh, listeners, specifically our patrons this time, to help us with the biggest project of them all, which was to go through. So we've released these these next statistics um, one time before. It was either for episode 250 or 300 or something like that. But we actually went through, we had uh, listeners and patrons listen to our episodes and tell us who among the hosts was on each episode. Whoever's number one gets uh, three months off. <laughs> that would allow the rest of us to catch up, Andrew. Yeah, there you um, go. <laughs> the award for near perfect attendance uh, coming in at 400. Now, this includes today uh, because I just went and, and updated the spreadsheet when we started recording. But uh, the, for the most uh, attendance, Andrew Sims at 479 episodes of thank you thank you uh thank you to myself for having plenty of time on my hands to rarely (laughs) miss an episode of the show (laughs) i mean think about that though that's that's over 16 years you were only not here for 21 recorded episodes of mugglecast and the rest of us is it's not close like 
Yeah, it's crazy. I, I did have like a ten episode head start compared to y'all, but no, that's true. So what yes. are your other? What are the other numbers here? Okay, well, yeah, I will say too that um, that is just superb. And in many of the chances, or many of the times when you missed an episode, you still edited that episode. Uh, you know, I, my my dedication to the show just knows <laughs> no bounds. So, well, coming in next is you know just really the most consistent dude who's not Andrew and it's not me. It is Micah. Micah came in at four hundred and twenty nine episodes of MuggleCast. Congratulations, wow. Micah! Well, done. thank you. <laughs> Yeah, through thick and thin, you were just always there when the rest of us were gallivanting around New Zealand and missing episodes left and right. <laughs> you were you you could be counted on. So yes. I have a year. I have a year on everybody else because there's like a gap of what sixty episodes. It sounds like. Well, dang. Well, one thing I think we should just take into consideration here, and and I appreciate being the runner up, but the runner up is just the first loser. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Andrew, he's coming for you. You got no. <laughs> the one thing I will say is, it was mentioned that not all of us were there at the very beginning, and not only that, we used to rotate hosts early on. Yeah. Um, Except for me, I apparently. I was Andrew, like, no, <laughs> no. But you, Ben, and Kevin usually were always on the episode, from what I remember. That oh, tracks, yeah. okay, okay. I, I'm sorry, y'all. But yeah, we did have a panel of seven uh, at one point, I think. So yeah. we really needed to rotate everybody out. It was just too big of a panel. Oh, yeah. And I remember when we tried to have everyone on, it was just a disaster. Yeah. yeah. And an editing nightmare. So I'm glad. I used to put a little period into Skype or something like that. Remember that? Oh, yeah. What? When it's your we turn wanted... to talk. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And then wasn't it Ben renamed me to douche? And then so it said douche said period. <laughs> when to talk or something. That sounds Not like surprising. Old, old trauma gets relived. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, Micah, you did us no favors by framing the runner-up as the next loser because I'm going to keep the going. The first mention- loser. The first. The first loser. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The second loser then, uh, the next runner-up is me. You guys, this is my 400th episode of MogoCast. Oh, wow. What beautiful timing. <laughs> beautiful timing. So I've been on uh, 80% of all episodes. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, and <laughs> just behind me- The uh, third loser. 238 episodes is laura yep i you know i quit for several years and then came back that's quit's not the right word it's you were you were off on other adventures yeah yeah i was like i i graduated and i was like oh i'm moving to costa rica i'm not going to be able like i'm going to be teaching i'm just not going to have the time for podcasting so i like i think i emailed you andrew and i was like i think i'm gonna have to like bow out of everything yeah that was, was a dark a time. I, yeah, I, I missed seeing Laura's periods in the Skype chat. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, the show lost its voice of reason. Oh, it lost its direction. Man. Yeah, well, it was about a hundred episodes ago that Laura became permanent again. Yep. So, congrats, Laura. Um, and then you know, here's some other fun numbers because we're we're now getting into the territory of. Um, you know, hosts that are no longer regular on the show. So the next highest numbers are Ben Shane has 98 episodes. Jamie just behind him at 87. Kevin's been on 54 episodes. Oh, Matt Britton is right in there. 72 
episodes for Matt. And then Mikey B at 36 episodes and Elisa at 14. All right. Wow. Well, um, I'm going to be off for the next year to give you guys a chance to catch up. <laughs> All right. So we have another game here related to the history of the show. Eric, you were looking back at the episode titles, right? Yeah. Part of the fun of uh, doing this spreadsheet was I actually did the guests a favor. I actually did the listeners a favor this time. And I went and put the episodes in. Originally, I was uh, when we first sourced this, I said, Give me the episode number or I did the episode number. I said, give me the episode title uh, as well as when it came out. <laughs> we did that. This I did that work this time with Meg. Um, but so I have these old episode titles and I want to quiz you guys um, on what you think the correct title of MuggleCast was. Episode title one, his mother's blank. Your choices are his mother's eyes, his mother's hair, his mother's makeup, his mother's ankles. Yeah, and I'll just add, we had some really weird episode titles back in the day. That's part of the fun of this segment. We don't do this anymore because for potential new listeners or current listeners, you're looking at these and you're like, I have no clue what this is about. Why do I want to listen to this? Yeah, none of the episode titles that I found fun enough to pull are from before or from after 402. Like... I didn't That's even when we changed. Okay. Yeah. It's I, all it was, about the SEO, right, Andrew? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. So I'm going to say his mother's ankles because his mother's eyes is too serious. We were probably trying to have fun. So saying ankles. Yeah. It's funny because I, I feel a strong sense that the answer is ankles. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. It's dormant. It's like in our repressed memory, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with d ankles you guys are all correct Woo-hoo! yeah yeah this was episode <laughs> it's like one of us wrote it uh, well yeah <laughs> this is one of us probably zero <laughs> 32 episode 32 what happened in this episode to make us call it this i'm gonna say ben or jamie and just leave it at that <laughs> yeah. okay next one order of blank is it fries order of micah order of toast and order of canon i'm gonna say fries we were probably talking about Order of the Phoenix, and somebody accidentally said fries or something. I'm going with strong... the Order of Micah. Yeah, I have a strong <laughs> sense that it's Micah. The Force is strong with Laura this morning. Yeah, Or is it? It sure is. It's Order of Micah. Wow, okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's episode 211. Look at all these repressed memories coming back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, next title, Blank 2009. Is it Azcatraz 2009? Cascada 2009? <laughs> Jesus. Best of 2009. We had some functional titles even back then. Best of, mm-hmm. year in review, um, or Bob Fail 2009. <laughs> I'm going with Bob Fail. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was Bob Fail. Yeah. It's too random. I wouldn't have come up with that like, yeah, alone. Um, do you guys remember why Bob Fail? Was it we like a watching? Bob on the set? Of one of the movies. I think so. And we were like, that's a Bob fail. It says in the show notes, the term Bob fail is created on the show as Micah tells the story of putting a USA Today writer in his place. So maybe a USA uh, Today writer like wrote something what? incorrect <laughs> about a Harry Potter movie or book. I do not remember doing that, but nice. I have to go back and listen. Okay, next title, Fluffy and the Blank. Fluffy and the Hydrant. Fluffy and the Poke Flute. Fluffy and the sax solo, and Fluffy and the pillow. 
I it's think the it's the poke B. flute. Yeah. Pokey yeah. flute. Yeah. Of course, it's the pokey flute. <laughs> well, the reason I remember that is because I want to say that we made comparisons to Snorlax and waking yes. Snorlax up the way, or waking Fluffy up the way you wake Snorlax up. Definitely. Quite apt. Uh, this is a hard one intentionally. Spiders, vampires, blank, and wizards. Kind of a long title. Yeah, this is a I hard just, one. I don't know. Yeah. Is it books, lords, werewolves, or centaurs? I'm going to say werewolves. I'll go with... Uh, I'll do centaurs. Centaurs, yeah. Wow. Okay, we're all wrong. Hmm. <laughs> all right. The correct answer, Finally. and Laura and Laura and Micah were on this episode, I checked. Uh, it's, <laughs> so we so should no remember. Yeah. <laughs> it's episode, yeah, it's episode 139. Uh, I was not on it. I can't say why it's called that. But Spiders, Vampires, Lords, and Wizards was the correct title. Hmm. Okay. No I'm clue just, why I'm just glad that, titled that. But. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad that, well, you probably discussed, you know, creepy things. I guess um, so. And it like sounds lords. like we were trying to come up with a more serious title. <laughs> it was the beginning of search engine optimization. It was like, <laughs> what can we do? Let's talk about it. Okay. Uh, second to last uh, game here. Uh, it's game round. Midnight blank. Midnight sun, S-O-N. Ha 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 ha. Midnight spells. Midnight squib. Midnight serenade. I'm going to say Sun, S-O-N. Maybe it was a Twilight reference to Midnight, Mm. S-U-N. I'm going to say Squib. Yeah, that's what I'm drawn to as well. And I don't know why. Well, it's right. Midnight Squib, episode (laughs) 263. You guys are good at this game. It's because we know ourselves. Like, we're looking back 15 years ago and, like, thinking about what we thought was funny at the time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that was uh, March 27th, 2013, so eight years ago. Oh, I wasn't even on that then. (laughs) (laughs) But you still know know us well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was Andrew, Ben, me, and uh, Micah. Okay, so uh, this next one and the last one, round seven of this game, Laura has appeared in the title of MuggleCast episodes multiple times. (laughs) <laughs> so the tr- the question now is which one of these is not a MuggleCast title? So the title is Laura blank. Is it Laura or which one is it not? Laura's questions, Laura's pants, Laura leaves, <laughs> and Laura Gambon. Okay, so we all know, yeah, Laura's pants is real. Um <laughs> I know that Laura, I'm pretty sure Laura Gambon is real is, because. Yeah, I think so. I've been like the staunch defender of Michael Gambon for years. And we were like, well, you marry him. Yeah. Probably. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm going to say C. Because I don't know that we'd be as direct leaves. to be like, Laura's gone. Yeah. Um, I'm, but like. Laura's Would questions we... rings a bell for me too, so I'm gonna say leaves as well. Yeah, I I also just feel like that's that would be such a weird title. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give a C. Well, I I actually just looked this up, and like the last major episode you were on, uh, before uh big hiatus was 187 Magic is Muscle, or 181 <laughs> Nothing Less Than Ultimate. These titles are not any less of like <laughs> weird than Laura leaves. Um, but anyway, yes. So episode 79 of MuggleCast is Laura Gambon. Episode 97 is Laura's Pants. There's actually a Laura's Pants part two, like a hundred episodes later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, 
And sure. 115 is Laura's questions. We did not have an episode titled Laura Leaves. And I'll tell you what, I pray to God that we never do. Aw, <laughs> shucks. That was fun. All right, we do have some news to get to today, but before that, I wanted to share a quick word about one of my favorite sponsors, Third Love. I've been wearing Third Love's bras for a couple of years now, and I am obsessed. I honestly didn't believe that it was possible for a bra to be supportive, comfortable, and attractive until I tried on my first 24-7 perfect coverage bra from Third Love. Every Third Love bra is made with signature memory foam cups, no slip straps, and a scratch-free band, all available in cups AA through I, including half cups and bands in 30 through 48. And you've heard me talk about the Fit Finder quiz. Well, now Third Love has launched The Fitting Room, a new and improved version of the quiz we all love. The quiz focuses on size, breast shape, current fit issues, and your personal style to deliver bras and underwear that are perfect for you. This is better than the traditional bra fitting experience because you can do it from the comfort and convenience of your own home. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 20% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash mugglecast to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash mugglecast for 20% off today. All right, so a bit of news before we get to some Valentine's Day related content. Just wanted to mention that Fantastic Beasts 3 has actually paused filming again. After a cast member tested positive for COVID. Now, interestingly, they were seemingly only a couple days away from finishing. And there's rumors it may have been an actual cast member and maybe a prominent cast member who uh, tested positive for COVID. It's kind of crazy that they were so close to to finishing filming and then had to pause. So now the movie is going to be pushed back another year <laughs> <laughs> august 2025 <laughs> this is their lost episode so now that we're approaching valentine's day we thought we could have a little fun and get people ready for the hallmark holiday maybe you uh you know your loved one is really into harry potter or maybe you want to meet somebody who loves harry potter as much as you do and how do you do that you prepare some harry potter pickup lines We found our favorites. If you like any of these, feel free to write them down. But I'm going to set the mood first. (laughs) Yeah. You must be a snitch. Because I've been seeking you my whole life. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Well, you must play Quidditch. I know a keeper when I see one. You're what Amortentia smells like to me. You know you don't have to say Lumos to turn me on. (laughs) Did you just use the stupefy charm? Or are you a natural stunner? Are you a dementor? Because you take my breath away. Baby, are you a horcrux? Because you've got a piece of my soul. You don't need Expelliarmus. Your smile's disarming enough. I am very interested in exploring your chamber of secrets. Oh my god. (laughs) What? Well done. I knew, no, I knew that had to be in there somewhere. Yeah, I know. It's, It's just, 
That's, that's the mild version of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really yeah, the other one's what, mind, mind if I slither yeah. in. Basilisk, yeah. Is this the Hogwarts Express? Because it feels like you and I are headed somewhere magical. On a scale of nine to ten, you're nine and three quarters. If I heard that one, I'd be like, what is stopping you from calling me? What can I do for that other one quarter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is one of those pickup lines that's like lightly insulting. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Yeah, I think so. When I look into the mirror, Vera said, I see you giving me your number. <laughs> My love for you burns like a dying phoenix. <laughs> if I wear my invisibility cloak, could I visit your restricted section tonight? <laughs> Girl, you're finer than the difference between a hex and a curse. I need a happy memory to conjure a Patronus. Will you kiss me real quick? You may be a muggle, but mm, that body is magical. (laughs) (laughs) Hagrid's not the only giant on campus, if you catch my drift. I like the extra if you catch my drift. In case, like, yeah, we definitely know <laughs> yeah. where you're going yeah, with we that. We got it. Yeah, we got it. And this episode now has an R rating. Thank you very much. <laughs> I may not be the boy who lived, but I can still be your chosen one. Oh, you said that all hopeful at the end there. I tried to pick G rated items because I knew you guys were going to get dirty. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. You know, when I said Akio Hadi, I didn't think it would actually work. <laughs> Girl, are you a Death Eater? Because Azka, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do try to be family friendly on the show when I was looking for pickup lines. Oh my gosh, there are some hilarious ones that are really inappropriate. <laughs> Maybe another time we'll do those. Maybe bonus MogoCast. Yeah. <laughs> Behind the paywall. Well, I thought that we could, in recognition of Valentine's Day, talk about some of the most popular alternate universe or headcanon Harry Potter ships. A ship refers to a relationship. This is very big in the fan fiction community. If you're sorting through different original stories, you can look based on the ship And I picked a few of the most popular ones for us to talk about, Um, but I thought that we could consider them and think about where in the series their turning point could have been to actually make these relationships a reality. Okay. I love this. So we're going to start with Drary, Draco and Harry. (laughs) This is one of the most popular ones. Yes. On its face, it definitely seems like one that is kind of hard to imagine, um, because how you're like, dare you? <laughs> what do you mean? How dare you? No, no. Me? Go ahead. <laughs> oh, Draco, not, you know, because Draco's really horrible to Harry throughout the series. Yeah, they hate mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, they hate each other. But you know what they say? Then line between love and hate, I guess. And opposites <laughs> attract and any number <laughs> yeah. of used phrases. Something that I've seen represented in some fan fiction is Harry developing more of an awareness that Draco is just another victim of Mm. the wizarding war. And we definitely see this in the books. 
Um, but I think that this represents how, you know, a turning point for Harry and Draco could be Harry realizing at the end of Half-Blood Prince that he actually doesn't have the capacity to kill anyone and he's just in way over his head. Um, and then also Draco refusing to turn Harry over in Deathly Hallows, even though yeah. he knew it was him. Something I'm also thinking about is, especially in the later books, you know, Draco's having a rough time, uh, you know, killing Dumbledore, that little thing. And then, uh, you know, doing what Voldemort and his father want him to do. And I actually think in a weird way, him and Harry could kind of bond over their struggles. <laughs> like, Yeah. Draco wants to be a good guy at the end of the day. You know, he does get redeemed. And that redemption maybe could have started a little sooner with the help of Harry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of feels like Draco doesn't quite get the redemption arc that I think some people were hoping he was going to get. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see that he and Harry nod at each other in acknowledgement at you know king's cross in the Mm. epilogue but there's never a moment of like true sort of acknowledgement i guess until um cursed child when draco's like teaming up with the trio yeah Yeah, i mean i think there's only so much acknowledgement you can have and self-awareness at 17 so the only time they were going to get it was at the the epilogue but I think Draco, after the events of book seven, would have realized how much of a shit he was to Harry and may have, you know, shown up and apologized in a, in a big way. I would hope so. It was fan fiction that really convinced me that this ship was plausible and, and had merit, even in, you know, within the years of Hogwarts, if they're dating. There's some good dreary fic out there. Yeah. I like, Andrew, what you said about them bonding over their their circumstances, particularly as it relates to Voldemort. Both are, yeah. I mean, Draco's being used by Voldemort and then Harry obviously uh, has uh, a fight ahead of him against Voldemort. So the two of them could have potentially worked together. Yeah. And then, Laura, you mentioned the the saving him in Deathly Hallows. If he doesn't, Draco probably dies in that room. Yeah, and 100%. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a whole... Saving each other thing. Narcissa saves Harry at the end of Deathly Hallows. So there's a lot for them to talk about. After Harry saved Draco, Draco could have been like, on a scale of one to ten, you're at nine and three quarters. Oh my god! <laughs> I will say there's there's a lot of fan fiction where after Hogwarts, because uh, there's also a thing about only having uh, of age characters too in fanfic. So a lot of it is like set set place after Hogwarts. But there's yes. a lot of fanfic where Harry goes to America and he's in a Starbucks and he recognizes the the server, the barista, and it's Draco. What? Yeah. What? I, I have never read this fanfic. Give me one of those. Absolutely a thing. Uh, wow. Yeah. So what, as part of his redemption arc, Draco is like, I'm going to go work with muggles. a muggle service industry job. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I mean, oh I would gosh. read this. It so sounds weird. Yeah, but it's like because it's like the love and unexpected places, right? So Harry's uh, yeah, on a yeah. work trip or something, and then he's like, Oh, Draco, I haven't thought about you in like years. What have you been up to? Wow. Yeah. I think it Definitely could also like. something like this could be interesting because it does speak to I think what's something that's really common for all of us, which is that Everyone grows up, including our childhood bullies. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever run into a high school bully, you know, now 15 years after we've all been out of school and realize, oh, they're pretty much just a normal 
human being at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it speaks to the ability of growth and improvement. It's kind of like <laughs> they survived Hogwarts together. It's like because Hogwarts itself is such a security nightmare. And they're like, let's send our kids there. (laughs) (laughs) It's still the only school. It's the best education they're going to get. Right. So moving on to this one, and I'm going to be honest with you, this is one that I've really never gotten. um, But I don't want to disparage it because I know that there are people who have feelings about it. Uh, Dramione, Draco slash Hermione. This is one that I always found it kind of hard to get on board with um, just because... Not only does he bully her, but he uses like blood status slurs against Ooh. her. And it's just really hard for me to see how, at least in a school setting, these two would be able to get past that. Not to say it couldn't happen, but Yeah. Again, they just, hate each other, right? Yeah. So it's like how how are these two things like? I will say I've said this before, and I think there's there's some kind of understanding that Draco and Hermione are nearly equals academically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's based on that line Lucius says to Draco in, in uh, Borgen and Burke about, you know, you let this muggle, muggle-born girl uh, exceed you in, in academia, but uh, in your tests. But if that's true, then Draco is actually probably a, a hardworking student. And so there's a line of similarity between the two of them. Um he is certainly a git. He is certainly uh, very vile, actually, with his criticisms. But I can see it working, especially in in sort of the way the fanfic takes it. They kind of I don't I don't want to say they gloss over it, but he kind of uh, ends up being a more charismatic, rich, uh, sassy Ron character. Like he's 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 wittier than Ron. He's um, higher class than Ron, and so. His sarcasm and his uh, insults are seen as more uh, as having more weight and and being more playful. And, you know, it's kind of the way that like you you um, throw rocks at the girl you love kind of a thing. That's the Draco Hermione thing for me. Yeah, I think I do think Draco is a very smart kid. It's just not highlighted much in the books because other elements of him have to be focused on. So I could see Draco and Hermione getting along from an uh, academic perspective. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Hey, this new class, am I right? Study buddies. (laughs) Study buddies, yeah. Do you think, though, a lot of that pairing was born out of the films versus the books, or was it always there? Laura may know. Uh, There's... (laughs) So there are definitely... um a lot of influence from before the movies in the fan fiction community for this one. Um, there's also a lot of influence for Snape and Hermione from like pre-movies, which what? is very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and why it was not included in this list. Um, but I think that these pairings speak to maybe some taboos. Um, mm-hmm. And also... Perhaps the Hermione and Draco pairing specifically speaks to people trying to give Draco his redemption arc through a relationship with Hermione, mm-hmm. um, which like I don't love because it's not her job to save him. Right. You know, that's his right. job. But, you know, um, I get it. I understand why it exists. And oh, yeah. I, I would I would love to hear from some Hermione shippers to tell us a little more about this because 
I'm sure it's more than just that, you know? There's always that angle, though, too, right, of the girl being with the bad boy. But Draco Mm -hmm. isn't really the bad boy. He's just kind of a douche. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I mean, if it were, if it were, if they were adults and this was modern day, we'd be like, oh, honey, he like called you a racial slur. Like, no, you got to dump it. You got to do nothing. Don't even, don't even Fs with that, you know? Um you're much better. But actually, no, I remember this. I saw uh, Emma Watson actually had a crush on Tom Felton when they were filming mm-hmm. the first couple movies. She That's re- why I asked yeah. about the movie piece. Yeah. yeah. She revealed on the Jonathan Ross show, she says she had a big crush on Tom Felton when she was a preteen. Here's a quote. Between the ages of 10 and 12, I had a really terrible crush on Tom Felton. We love a bad guy. And he was a few years older and he had a skateboard. Ooh, Ooh a skateboard. <laughs> Yeah, you know what though? Like these people were all like pre-adolescent and yeah. growing up together. So I'm sure they right. all had crushes on each other at some yeah, point. Yeah, I, I agree. Speaking of one that I think it did exist pre-movies, but I think the movies really exaggerated its influence, Harmony, which is Harry slash Hermione. <laughs> um, obviously... In the movies, they picked up on something that could have been possible when Harry and Hermione were living alone in the tent, Um, which, you know, I'm not mad at it, but it definitely felt more like they were picking up on the strong chemistry that Dan and Emma had, as opposed to this really being a Harry and Hermione thing. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think in the books, when you read the books, you you really feel you, you start to love Hermione. And I I think that you, depending on how you read the books and how you see Ron's character, you wanted to end up with somebody better than Ron. And so Harry's right there. And in this friend group, you can you can have a I think people just developed a preference. And, you know, without if they weren't as sympathetic to Ron, seeing how he just needed some support. Uh, and was you know really funny. You kind of put him put her with Harry instead as you're reading the books for the first time. Um, yeah, let's not forget the assumption yeah. as a reader was always that uh, Hermione was going to end up either with Harry or Ron. Right, I think that was like always a safe bet. So, like you said, Eric, it was like personal preference, and there weren't hints very strongly either way. I don't think it was just kind of like mm. a coin toss. Yeah, there were pretty strong hints with Ron and Hermione. That was <laughs> early, like early on. Well, maybe in the later books. Well, but... the Yule Ball, right? She she says next time muster up the courage uh, yeah. to ask me yourself. Yeah, yeah, that, that was the first big one. Um, yeah. And just honestly, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong or if other people um, feel differently. If you have different interpretations, but I just genuinely, in the original source material. <laughs> Yeah. of these books i never got a vibe that there was any interest between these two not to say that there aren't ways that you could make that work in fan fiction i definitely think that you can and i think it's a valid pairing for people to like just because harry and hermione do have so much in common they're both pretty mature and you know they showed in book seven how well they can work together Right. So, like, I think you can make the argument that these two would maybe have a healthier relationship Mm -hmm. than Ron and Hermione. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember what movie is it where Harry is having the conversation with Dumbledore about Hermione 
Dumbledore brings her up. Oh. And he basically passes on it and just says, oh, we're friends, or she's like a sister or something to that six. effect. I think he's like, oh, well, that Granger girl I've seen you with. And he's like, ah, she, no, <laughs> no, sir, gonna, gonna nag that. Because there wasn't there a line, that was how we found out Dumbledore was gay, is, uh, or Steve Clovis found it out first because there was this line where they were going to have Michael Gambon talk to Harry about girls. And then Rowling had to be like, oh, uh, oh actually, yeah. guys. Mm. So they knew right. before it actually came out. Um, before right. Dumbledore came out. <laughs> but why I'm pretty sure Dumbledore there's like a photo to... of the note that Rowling made on the script. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> to be funny. honest, like I don't see why Dumbledore wouldn't be able to talk to Harry about girls. Like general yeah. aesthetic attraction or. Yeah. yeah. I give Laura girl advice all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah i mean it's true <laughs> the one thing i thought was probably just worth mentioning before we wrap this up is that jk rowling did kind of walk back ron and hermione yeah in a statement that she made that blew up the I guess fandom it's a couple of years ago at this point the wonderland article yeah when she said that harry and hermione probably would have made more sense yeah, yeah. yep I hated this when it happened. <laughs> a lot of people did. <laughs> yeah, well, because it just felt like retconning, but also it felt like it really feels like Ron has been robbed of the the things that make him a good character. Like, yeah. I love Rupert Grint. Um, I think he's, you know, his casting as Ron was brilliant, but I felt that the way Ron was portrayed in the movies was so wrong. They turned him into comic relief. They took all of his great lines and gave them to Hermione to make her like the perfect character. And I just feel like over the years, Ron has been robbed of any uh, ability to grow and develop. So like, of course, you know, Ron was a stupid teenage boy in a lot of respects in the books. But when all these years later, you step out and say, yeah, Hermione and Ron would have had a toxic relationship. You're kind of like robbing Ron of the ability to get better and yeah. grow. Yeah, definitely. you know. And but at a certain point, that same author agreed that people who ship Harry and Hermione are delusional. So yes. <laughs> uh, so, it, but it's a, it's a trajectory, right? It's 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 the, these things we grow, we reassess. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer there. No, I don't think so. Um, I know somebody must feel very seriously about this one because of the note, um, but the ship is Remus and Sirius. This has always been a really, really big ship in the fan fiction community. Um, so who made the Wolfstar 5 Eva note? Had to here? be Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, it was the most awkward experience of my life discovering that this was a thing. And it's because it was the um, on Harry Potter fan trips when we saw the third Harry Potter film. Uh, my chaperone, because I was, I think I was, I don't even think, oh, I was 16, but I needed a chaperone to go on the trip, was this woman named Catherine, who later wrote for Bungalow, and she was the world's biggest Wolfstar shipper. And so <laughs> we were watching the scene where Gary Oldman is like hugging David Thewlis like tightly and saying, this is your heart and I know you or whatever. Anyway, next to me is the loudest squee <laughs> and she just like sits up on the edge of her sheet is like, <laughs> and I'm like, what is wow. going on here? And she's like, it's Wolfstar and it's together. And I was like, <laughs> wow. And and all these years later, I can't deny that there are a lot of 
overtones in Prisoner of Azkaban for the movie, the Quaran film for Remus and Sirius. There's like a whole other level. You'd know all about the madness within, wouldn't you, Remus? <laughs> kind of a thing. So yeah, it's some serious stuff. But actually, I have since come to really feel as though Wolfstar is the most canon compliant ship, um, the most canon compliant gay ship uh, that exists in Harry Potter. I, I think that Remus, you know, has a weakness. Remus has a low self-esteem and it's the group of uh, his friends that really allow him to grow and, and, and see his potential. But James is with Lily. Sirius was never really with anybody. Sirius was never really described in the books as being with anybody. Um, so there's, you know, where there's a vacuum, where, where there's space, uh, readers are going to put things in and assume that Remus and Sirius could have grown pretty close. Yeah. yeah. I've seen a lot of um, interpretations in fan fiction that sort of like these characters moments would be when Sirius was trying to trick Snape into going to the Whomping Willow and James saves Snape. And then Remus and Sirius have like a big falling out because Remus is super pissed that Sirius did this. And in all of that drama and commotion, it sort of comes out and that's where their relationship gets started. So there's... Um, there's a lot of really great writing out there that focuses on the potential of this relationship during their Hogwarts years. Right. Would would you think it would be more when they're transformed or when they're actual humans or both? I think I think, I think that's part of yeah. it is having the secret life that you share together, mm-hmm. right? So it's like roaming the grounds at night. Can you imagine how fun that must be? Um, so I, I think that's like for the two of them, it could have been more like, I don't know, dating. But we there's also the issue of like, whether Remus is himself when he's a werewolf, but still, I, yeah, I think it was all over. Yeah, I agree. The, the other thing that came to mind with Remus was, I remember from Prisoner of Azkaban when he's talking with Harry on the bridge, there's kind of an allusion to something potentially between Remus and Lily, just the way he talks about her. And, and I think we eventually learned that it's more just due to her kindness as a human being towards him yeah but it seemed like he was reflecting back on on something that may have been a bit romantic and room maybe just from his end yeah rowling's comments actually said they there's she said there's a moment in the third harry potter film where uh remus talks to harry it's not a scene in the books but he touches on something that's so 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 crucial to uh events of the seventh book and she said that in advance of the seventh book coming out. And so a lot of people were like, wow, was Remus romantically involved with Lily? Yeah. And I will say it's also a really common thing to see in fan fiction to sort of have um, Lily be with a different marauder before she gets with James. Wow. Um, so mm-hmm. I've seen multiple versions of stories that like have her paired up with Sirius or have her paired up with Remus. I've never seen one where she's paired up with Peter. Um, <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> Um, But it's always like, it's sort of like the precursor to she and James getting together. Um, And it's sometimes, I don't know, sometimes it goes down some weird paths. Um, But yeah, it's definitely interesting. Peter's just playing with his wand in the corner. (laughs) But also, I mean, it's, it's not an unrealistic thing. Like, think about when we were in high school, like... It wasn't uncommon for people to date around their friend groups. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, that seems yeah. like looking back, I see how problematic that is and was for hurt feelings and things like that. Like you don't shit where you eat. Um, but teenagers do it all the time. Yep. Um, so this is my favorite headcanon one. Um, Huna and it's Harry slash Luna. So 14 year old me, when Order of the Phoenix came out, I was convinced that Harry and Luna were going to get together just because they share so many deep experiences surrounding being outsiders and then grief over the loss of at least one parent. And you really see Harry at the end of Order of the Phoenix gaining an appreciation for the way Luna exists in the world and thinks about and perceives things. And I thought this would be a really interesting pairing because Luna is such a unique character and I, I, y'all know how I feel about Jenny. Um, and yeah. I just, I feel like Luna is so multifaceted that this could be a really interesting pairing. Um, Huna, Huna. Huna. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Why did you go with Larry? Why is it Huna? Uh, Larry, because I mean, then it sounds like a person. I know. <laughs> well, also, it, the joking. ship is just called Huna. Huna, Huna. I like it. Huna, Huna. Yeah. I like this one. I think we were kind of reflecting on this when we were doing our Order of the Phoenix reread as well. I really loved the arc that, you know, Harry at the beginning of the book is obviously like, what a weirdo. And then by the end, like you said, <laughs> Laura, um, he, she he finally sees Laura... Uh, <laughs> He finally sees Luna's potential and what she stands for and that they actually have a lot in common. So, mm-hmm. yeah, here's a girl who comes I, out of nowhere and sh- and teaches Harry to see the world a little bit differently. Pure beginnings of mm-hmm. romance there. Mm-hmm. Well, and she doesn't care what other people think of her. Yeah. yeah. And don't Which get me is wrong. what Harry needs. Yeah, I love Harry, but he, he cares a little too much what people think of him sometimes. Yeah. And it just seemed like there was a lot of potential here. Um, I totally understood when this didn't happen in the books. I was a little bit peeved when they suggested that Neville and Luna got together in the movie because I was like, oh, my God, like, this is so predictable taking, like, the weird kids in school and putting them together, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, this this is forever my one true pairing, Harry and Luna. Mm. Um, I like it. Yeah, and then there's another one that's um pretty popular. It's Luna and Ginny. It's called Linny. I like this one because again, I think similar to Harry and Luna, it pairs people who are different in a lot of ways but also have a lot in common with regard to their connection to death. Yeah. <laughs> um just because of, you know, Ginny being possessed by Voldemort and everything. Um and Luna's openness towards considering things that are, you know, maybe outside of the mainstream. And I like the idea of the banter that would happen between these two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's in terms of like where it happened or when it occurred, I can only think of the canon examples that we have. Like the, the, the thing, if I were trying to defend Linny and say it was canon, I would point out that Ginny introduced Luna to the group. She's the one who she's like, oh yeah, I know this girl. And you know, she's, she's her people call her Looney. Um, but she's, she's cool. She's in my grade and she's in Ravenclaw. Um, you know, I think there's more brewing there. You know, they would have interacted when they had classes together. Um, and also Ginny often defends people in her, in her grade 
from making fun of Luna. That there's a line in there somewhere about that. So she, you know, she is always one to kind of come to Luna's rescue a little bit and say, no, she's all right. Like you got to hear her out. She's interesting. Um, she sees the value in Luna sooner than everyone else. And I think that that may be due to feelings, having feelings for this person. Yeah. I think you could make a case for that, um, in a fan fiction. And certainly there are plenty examples of this out there. Um, a lot of them, at least the ones that I've seen, seem to pair them up post Hogwarts. Um, oh. So in some sort of like alternate universe where Harry and Ginny don't get together. Mm. So, yeah, I like it. But we want to hear about y'all's favorite pairings. And if you have any great fan fictions you'd like to send our way, we'd be interested in looking at those, too. Yeah, we're getting some recommendations yeah, in the uh, live stream on Patreon. Heck, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. <laughs> We have a new sponsor this week who I think are perfect for our listeners because we are all very nostalgic on this show. And I think that's one reason why people love MuggleCast. You feel like a kid again. Cereal is another thing that reminds us of being a kid. Grabbing the box, pouring a bowl, playing the game on the back of the box. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but I had to give it up because I started paying attention to the nutrition facts and I was like, oh, Gosh, I do not need to start my mornings like this. Healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love, but without all the bad stuff. Check this out. Zero sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. It has only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. They have an amazing variety pack to suit anyone. The four flavors in it are cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. Peanut butter is a new flavor that they just launched, and it is delicious. Don't just take my word for it. Magic Spoon has also sponsored another one of our podcasts, and listeners wrote in to tell us after trying Magic Spoon themselves that they loved it too. Jenny said, thanks for the wreck. I've been low-carbing for a while and missed cereal. And John said, it's really good and tasty. I'm eating it while watching Saturday morning cartoons. And by the way, they've got games on the back of the cereal boxes too. You will truly feel like a kid again. We want you to try these. Go to magicspoon.com slash MuggleCast to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code MuggleCast at checkout to save $5 off your order. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, no problem. They'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash MuggleCast and use the code MuggleCast to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. You have saved breakfast for me. I thought we could do this BuzzFeed quiz together. Which Hogwarts house is your soulmate in? Oh, all right. And BuzzFeed has a fun feature where we can actually Andrew, take you're right here. A qu- <laughs> where we can actually take a quiz together. So I want you three to click that link in the doc. Okay, so the first question, what's your Hogwarts house? So everybody just pick your normal answer. Got Ravenclaw. Slytherin. Hufflepuff. What's your favorite class at Hogwarts? I'm going to say Defense Against the Dark Arts. Oh, Transfiguration all the way. Same, Transfiguration. Yeah, if you can get good at it, that would be the coolest class of all time. Which character would you bring back from the dead? And the options are Fred, Sirius, Remus, or Dobby. Oh, Dobby. <laughs> yeah, they have such a sad picture of Dobby, yeah. too. So like, I feel like you have to click him. I'm picking Sirius. Picking Remus. I'm saying Dobby as well. Which Harry Potter sweet would you eat? 
Chocolate frogs, birdie bots, every flavor beans, cauldron cakes, or licorice licorice wands. You know, chocolate frogs can't go wrong with chocolate. All the way. Um, yeah, I'm saying the frogs too. I'm going with the beans. They're good for your heart. Which character do you most relate to? The options are Harry, Ron, Hermione, or Luna. Oh gosh, hundred percent. I might say Harry. I'm going to say Harry too. Lastly, who do you want your soulmate to be most like? <laughs> I hope this answer doesn't heavily, heavily weight weighted. Yeah, our these answer, are like those yeah. house quizzes that are like, "Are you feeling snaky?" <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. I- I'm gonna say I want my soulmate to uh, be most like Draco. I'm sorry, say Ginny. <laughs> what about Draco? Makes you want? Well, he's a he's a good looking dude. He is smart, as we spoke about today. He's got some things going for him. Yeah, I'll go I'll, with Fred. I'll say Luna. That's of these people. I got Gryffindor. All right. Are you happy I'm with that? I'm dating a Ravenclaw. <laughs> yes, I am. But to... are you happy with that? Yeah, I'm very happy with dating the Ravenclaw that I'm dating. I got Ravenclaw. Okay. And Micah, you are a Ravenclaw, right? Yep. So are you pleased by that? Do you want to date somebody in your own house? Yeah, sure. All right. I got Slytherin, and I am in Slytherin. So, <sighs> like, yeah, I guess. I feel like my Draco answer at the end really weighed my result but yeah. um i i guess i want that i definitely didn't want hufflepuff or ravenclaw i was hoping for Gryffindor, <laughs> but... uh well i uh i got ravenclaw as my answer i also am a ravenclaw but um my life partner is a slytherin so <laughs> I, guess, oh. I guess we got some things to talk about <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Eric and Laura have some things to work. Actually, I do too, because I'm with a Gryffindor. (laughs) Well, I did say I wanted a Gryffindor answer. Hmm. I think I'm going to believe this quiz and just say I should be with a Slytherin. Darn. (laughs) And we're ending relationships. now. (laughs) To celebrate Valentine's this year, the MuggleCast host 75% broke up with their current relationship. I know. (laughs) And we downloaded Tinder and we said, you must be a this house. (laughs) No, but this is so boring. (laughs) I don't want my partner to be in my same house. That's so boring. Yeah. Something nice about relationships are the differences you have with with somebody else. Yeah, I, I agree. I probably shouldn't be with a Slytherin because they would probably like go and cheat on me or something like that. <laughs> Aren't you a Slytherin? So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So moving on, it's time for Quizage. Last week's question, what statue resides next to the prefect's bathroom? The correct answer is Boris the Bewildered. Correct answers were submitted by Katie Jane, Ning Chi, Asia Clark Watson, Time Traveling Unicorn, Lance Dance, Hallow Wolf, Port Voldemort, Zoom Tarot, Really Reardon, Ellie Friga, Ex Nigerian, Nadia Stephanie, Jason, Robbie, Stacy, and The Seas. And for next week, how far did Harry throw the gnome that bit him? Nice. How appropriate for Valentine's Day. <laughs> That's my one true pairing Harry and the Garden Gnome. <laughs> Love it first bite. Submit your correct answer to us over on Twitter. Use hashtag Quizich and at reply at MuggleCast. We got a DM with a correct answer and I ignored it. Oh my God, Eric. Wow. You're rough, dude. <laughs> Ringo Starr wants to help you out, Eric. This is a serious message to everybody watching my update right now. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> 
<laughs> I want to tell you, please, after the 20th of October, do not send fan mail to any address that you have. Nothing will be signed after the 20th of October. If that has a date on the envelope, it's going to be tossed. I'm warning you with peace and love, but I have too much to do. So no more fan mail. Thank you, thank you. And no objects to be signed. Nothing. Uh, anyway, peace and love, peace and love. Twitter replies only. <laughs> Nothing else. Peace and love, peace and love, peace and love. I'm warning you with peace and love. <laughs> so okay, basically you know what? What, this, what this means is that people can still DM you until October 20th. Yeah. <laughs> or email or voicemail. All right. You know, shout, nothing. You know, shout out to Krillick, Srillick Martin, who DM'd the correct answer to there Quizzage the last two weeks oh, in a row. You just opened the floodgates, though. Uh, now everybody's going to hit up no, our DMs. No. Slide into those DMs. Look, okay, Ringo should for Valentine's Ringo Day. Ringo left himself open, though. He should have said a year, because now, depending on when you play that... <laughs> it's not October you, 20th yet. It's not October 20th yet. I'm warning you with peace and love, peace and love, peace and love, peace and love. And he's putting up the peace sign, too. He, you know, he loves them, but please stop. <laughs> I don't want to sign anything anymore. That was actually pretty nice of Ringo to sign anything that was sent into his mailbox. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, carpal tunnel is a real condition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's a beetle. I bet he got a ton of mail he was signing. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us today for our 500th episode. Here's the 500 more. I'm, I'm moderately confident that we'll one day hit episode 1000, especially if we have a Harry Potter TV series or eight in our future. Oh, yeah. TV series would be perfect for that. I, I see us going to about 777. Oh, that'd be appropriate. Until then, if you have any feedback about today's discussion, you can email mugglecast at gmail.com or use the contact form on mugglecast.com. Unless it's Quizzich, also... then you just have to use Twitter. Yes. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> or you can call us 19203Muggle. No Quizzich answers that way, please. Peace and love. Peace and love. Uh, or send a voice memo to MuggleCast at gmail.com. Again, no quizage that way either. Peace and love, peace and love. We'd also appreciate if you took a minute to rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to MuggleCast. And thank you to everybody who does review us. Um, one person was critical of my impersonations last week. They thought they were a little offensive, but that person did still give us five stars. So I appreciate that. And your feedback has been taken into account. And before October 20th of this year, you know what? I want to remind people that they can still send snail mail to the MuggleCast P.O. Box, which is located at 4044 North Lincoln Avenue in Chicago, uh, 60618. And uh, send your love and not quiz answers there. Peace and love, peace and love. Peace and love. You can follow us on social media as well. We are MuggleCast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, all of these options. Help us grow our numbers so that the next time we look at MuggleCast by the numbers, we have some bigger numbers to share with everybody. <laughs> and also, we would love your support on Patreon, patreon.com slash MuggleCast. Again, we're at 500, episode 500 today. Thanks to our patrons and thanks to everybody who's tuned in this morning, joining us for our 500th episode and we have this new ama feature as well we just launched this a week ago one of the four muggle casters here are going to do an ask me anything each month on video and that's a uh, really fun new feature that we're looking forward to rolling out eric already did the first one and i saw a lot of great feedback should we announce who's coming this month 
I think we don't know genuinely. <laughs> Who wants to do it? I'll I'll do it. I'll I'll do it. It's Andrew. Andrew's doing it this month. Andrew, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> or is it? Send Cletus? in your questions. Nothing too personal. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> <laughs> And I think once a year, we're going to all hop on Zoom together and do an AMA together. And that'll change the dynamic and the answers. I can say I was thrilled by the AMA. I thought it would, we got some really good questions. They ranged from book questions to, um, you know, non-book questions. So I thought it was great. And last but not least, thank you for listening to today's episode. Happy 500. Once again, here's the 500 more. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. I'm Micah. And I'm Laura. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye and thank you. Hey, MuggleCast. This is Allie. I'm currently living in Florida, and I was just going to say congrats on 500 episodes. That is such an amazing milestone, and you guys have just been putting in the, the most work. You guys have been doing an amazing job all these years um the first time i listened to you guys was episode 50 you were actually the first podcast i ever listened to um i remember burning that episode on a cd because i just could not stop laughing at andrew and jamie singing your song um and all the hijinks you guys got up to so i listened to that episode a lot but you guys have always been there for me through my teenage years through my like adult puberty years where I have no idea what I'm doing but no matter how confused I am at life I always know that MuggleCast is there for me to not only like analyze the books and get into these hard-hitting topics surrounding Harry Potter but also like digesting what's happening in the real world and how it relates to the books um, especially with all these political things going on so Thank you so much for always just being there for me and for putting out such wonderful podcasts. You guys are the best. And here's to 500 more. Uh, Thank you so much. Bye. This is Drew from the Gamer News Radio Podcast. And I just want to congratulate MuggleCast on making it to 500 episodes. That is absolutely amazing, and not many podcasts could actually say they have made it to 500 episodes. Here's to 500 more episodes of MuggleCast. Keep up the good work, guys. Yo, I've been listening to MuggleCast since I was 12. I'm 25 now. Uh, I think Micah's really funny. <laughs> I think Micah's a really funny guy. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. Though. He just seems like a really chill dude, so he really calms me down. And, yeah, I've listened to it. Uh, when I've been on a bus, when I've been on a plane in Japan, in America, you know, flying from Vegas to New York on that five-hour flight, when they used to say, turn off electronic devices, I would keep listening to MuggleCast. I didn't give a f- uh, So, yeah, it's been fun. Hopefully, things continue. Hi, MuggleCast. Happy 500. I found the show shortly after moving from England to Canada, and as an awkward Harry Potter-loving nine-year-old, I didn't have a lot of friends. Luckily for me, this coincided with the dawn of podcasting, and the first one I ever downloaded was MuggleCast. Hearing your voices really helped to get me through that time. I followed you from MuggleCast to Imprint to Smart Mouths to Millennial, and recently I found myself back here again. 
We're under a lockdown in Canada, so catching up on the episodes I've missed has been such an escape from the world in a time that I think we need it more than ever. It's not only a nostalgia trip, but the content is just as fantastic as ever. I'm also a writer, and my goal one day is for Andrew to think that my novels are worth starting a podcast about. So thank you for always being in my pocket. Happy 500. Hey MuggleCast, this is Shalaria. Just wanted to say congratulations on your 500th episode. So I came to Harry Potter around 2000 um, as a young high school English teacher. And note, I originally pictured Harry Potter as animation. And I came to MuggleCast from imprint around 2006 and am still a devoted Ravenclaw listening every week. You talked about um, early memories. I went to the 2007 midnight release with a bunch of friends and I was in my 30s at the time and my kids were staying with grandma. They are now teenage fans, another Ravenclaw and a Hufflepuff, both of whom started the series in middle school. We were firm believers in reading the books before watching the movies and still are. So I just wanted to say thank you for all the years of news, analysis, and geek chic discussions. Thank you and congrats. Hey MuggleCast, Yasmina here. I'm more of a recent listener. Um, I have been incorporating your podcast into my daily routine, so I truly hope you guys don't run out of ideas. I just wanted to congratulate you guys on your 500th episode. Um, What an amazing accomplishment. Um, I have truly enjoyed every single episode and I really appreciate the uniqueness and the different inputs that make your episodes much more interesting to listen to. Um, Just wanted to thank you for paving the path for and inspiring many others to start their own Harry Potter podcasts. I can't wait to see what you guys have in store for the upcoming episodes. And again, congratulations on this very important and huge milestone. Bye-bye. Hi MuggleCast, Tom from England here. Happy 500th episode. It's crazy how long it's been. I've been listening since 2008, so it's been quite a journey and excited to see where you go in the future. Okay, thank you. Bye. Hey MuggleCast, it's Lottie. I just wanted to hop on and say congratulations on 500 episodes. I remember 15 years ago doing MuggleCast sleepovers with my friends, and now I'm 28 and still listening to you guys. And I love it so much. You guys are wonderful. Congratulations. Hey, MuggleCast. Emily from Germany here. Just wanted to drop in and say congratulations. I really, really, really enjoy your podcast. It's the best podcast ever. Hey, MuggleCast. It's Becky from Sydney, Australia here. I just wanted to congratulate you all on reaching your 500th episode and for getting this far without ever having the author on the show. I guess you guys are just really ahead of your time with that decision, Uh, just like you were ahead of your time entering the podcast scene. Uh, I've been listening since 2006, and it's been awesome seeing how far you guys have come, and I look forward to hearing all your future episodes. Love the show. Hey, MuggleCast. My name is Sarah Beth. I'm a relatively new Harry Potter fan as well as MuggleCast fan. I just want to congratulate you all on 500 episodes, and thank you all for providing a place for Harry Potter fans to deep dive intellectually and completely goof off. I feel like you all have become my friends over the past several months of listening, so um, congrats again and keep fighting the good fight. Hey, MuggleCast, this is Audrey from Indianapolis. Congrats on 500 episodes. That's absolutely crazy that you've recorded 500, and I've listened to 500 of your episodes. Thanks so much for being there every week, and here's to another 500. 
Hi guys, I just wanted to congratulate you on your 500th episode and let you know I've heard all of them many times, subliminally or consciously, because I have MuggleCast playing through my headphones every night. You are like my lullaby. I enjoy your episodes so much. I find you and your show so entertaining and your voices are very soothing. So if I do wake up in the middle of the night, it just brings me right back to that happy place and I so appreciate it. I'm so grateful for your hard work all these years and cheers to another 500. Take care.